When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on VolQuest. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. I'm Eric Kane with Austin Price, Rob Lewis, and Brent Hubbs. As always, big thank you to our friends, Exterior Home Solutions, East Tennessee's first choice in roofing. You can trust your local source since 1999. That is 865-524-5888 for a free estimate or visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Got a whole lot to get into here today. Got plenty of questions, so we'll try to move through them as quickly as we can. We'll start with ZRob023. Brent, what's the starting offensive line look like in Orlando for the Citrus Bowl? Oh, I think that's a great question. I think it starts with where's Gerald Mincy and what's he going to do in this game? Where is he physically? I don't think Spragans is going to play. Um, so my guess right now would be Dane Davis, Jackson Lampley, um, Ollie Lane, John Campbell, uh, and then AP Cooper Mays. Is that where we're going? Is that what we're thinking right now? Or, or, or where, where are we at on that one? Yeah, that's who I think it'll be. The ones okay. you just named from, you know, Cam- Campbell, Lane, Cooper, Lampley, over to, uh, to uh, I think Dane Davis would probably be the right call. Now, if, 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 if Mincy can go, then I think it would be Mincy. The interesting question is: is let's say, let's say that uh, you know somebody got hurt. Let's say you know whatever. Like who is that? Do they go back to Andre Keurig? That'd probably be where they would go, right? I mean, I can't imagine that it would be somebody else at, at the guard spot if uh, you know Ollie had to slide into center or Ollie got hurt and, and you know you know couldn't couldn't go. Like I, that that extra guard there would be would be more interesting because Addison Nichols is obviously gone. Well, and I wonder if you don't take and slide Dane Davis in at guard and play Mincy out at the tackle position. Would that be something that you look at uh, as a possibility? I know he hasn't played guard there this year a bunch, but he's played a little center. He has played inside. He's got some experience. That might make a little more sense than, say, a Bison Lang or, uh, you know, where's Kerrick at? You know, where's Andre at from a, a recovery standpoint from the injury that he suffered? If he's available, he would make the most sense. The real question is, is who will they be blocking for, whether it be at running back or at quarterback? Because I, I think that this team will look a lot different potentially when we get to Orlando. Does Joe play? I don't think it's a, a lay down that he does. I think that this could be the Nico show uh, if Joe elects to not play the bowl game. And then a running back. Jalen Wright's not going to play, and I don't believe Jabari Small will either. So I think it's going to be Dylan Sampson and Camp Selden. SS Steve 006, do you believe that the team not coming out ready to play in certain games has, is worrisome? He mentions Austin P, Alabama second half, and we had not seen this until this year with this coaching staff. Rob, we've talked about the losses. I mean, they're losses, but it's the way they've lost and just kind of not coming out and being anything in Missouri, second half Alabama. Even in wins, like Austin P, like the poster says, is this worrisome for the staff? 
I, I think worrisome is a strong word because I think if you, I mean, if, if you follow, I mean, not not just you and me, but if 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 fans follow every team as closely as they follow Tennessee, I, I think you'll see that. You know, you, you can pick you can pick your spot. So you know, Georgia didn't come out ready to play against South Carolina. You know, the first game of the season. I mean, that 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 stuff happens to everyone. You know, if it happens, you know, week in and week out, then, then yeah, it's a problem. But I mean, to me, the I mean, the only this may be oversimplifying, but I, I think the only one, only game that what the the guys asking what what that really cost Tennessee was in Florida. To me, I mean, Missouri was better. Alabama, I mean, Alabama was playing for a national championship. They were a better football team. I mean, I, I think you know Tennessee came out flat at Florida and lost to a team that, to me, I, mean, I, I still say Tennessee's a better team than, than Florida. Yeah, I mean, for me, AP, it, it's about Tennessee not being able to handle adversity as much as it is them being flat. I mean, you you look at the Alabama deal, they did not handle that fair catch deal and obviously missing the fourth down. They didn't handle that very well. I know they gave up the – to start the second half, they gave up a bust there. That's, you know, that's an adjustment made by the Alabama staff. And then, Eric, I don't think that Tennessee handled the the fumble at the end of the first half at Missouri very well. You know, you're sitting there, you're in a situation where you're getting ready to go in and be tied or take the lead. And then all of a sudden that thing kind of gets away from you in the second half because I don't think you recovered from that. So I don't know that this team handled adversity as well as you would like for them to, more so than it is about them being, quote, flat to start a half or to not start a half. The Austin P games, Joe was just bad to start that game. They clearly tried to get him going, throwing the football, and he couldn't couldn't connect with anybody to start the game. He had a bunch of guys open. That got that thing sideways. All right, Hubs, can you do this for me? Yeah, you had the whole Doctor Evil cat thing going on here. When you had oh, I know, I know. This this cat jumped up in my lap, and I'm not real sure why. So not AP uh, and, and Max, but you know, it's the no. nobody, nobody. Tom <laughs> you you want to do that? <laughs> oh, it's been a couple of years since we've had a cat appearance on the podcast. I think the last time we saw your cat was when we were doing Zoom. <laughs> And nobody actually saw it except for us. And you uh, kept on getting annoyed. Do? What are you going to do? It's but it's at least show the cat as opposed to having the tail kind of walk through the screen, right? <laughs> uh, but to your point too, I mean, in Florida, the second quarter, uh, you get behind the sticks, you get you get penalties, you have a turn. I mean, it just it kind of you, you never really responded the way you needed to in some of those losses. So I would agree with that. The the fumble at Missouri is the I think the the best example because you had something going. And you cough it up there at the at the ten yard line, and then I mean you were you were done. Pack it up. Uh, let's go to Athrun. Can a coach really be judged, Austin, on his recruiting before portal season is done anymore? Uh, no, because I you know everybody's like, what's Tennessee going to be? Are they going to be top ten? Are they going to be top five? Are they what, you know tell me what they're going to be? Give me the percentages and all that, and and all that's fine. But that, that, that's really kind of an old trick. Like I mean, I think. You know, like let's say Tennessee only takes twenty kids because they're going to go heavier in the portal. Their their class isn't going to be ranked as high as it would be if they took twenty five kids, twenty four kids. Um, you know, um, now there are instances if you just have an elite elite class that you can you know take twenty and still end up in the top three um, if you have just nothing but four and several five stars. But I think you know you're better off to kind of wait and kind of see what they do. You know. Um, on the whole, because I, I think the, I think rankings of of schools probably become less important with the portal. 
think they still matter some, but not nearly as much as they used to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, look at Florida State, Rob. Florida State was 20th in recruiting last year. <laughs> okay. I mean, the portal, but if you took in and added their portal kids, the wide receivers and, and some of the guys they had in the portal that added to that team, that, that's better than the 20th class. And the difference with the portal is the impact those guys make as opposed to the high school kids yeah. in the class that it might be two years down the road before they make an impact. So I, I think it's hard. You know, a lot of people say re-rank them after the portal closes. Okay, m- maybe. But but how do you rank How do you rank a kid who's a junior in college versus a kid who's a high school guy in, in a recruiting class? So I, I think I think those things are really hard to – to put in a calculation and figure that and out. Even even with that, I mean, how do you rank? Did anybody really know what McCallie Castles was? I mean, how do you rank a you know kid that's been playing Division two? You know, I mean, how we're we're what's his equivalent? Look at Jared Verse. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's he, he, everybody five star plus. Everybody thought he would be good. Did everybody thought he would be this good? Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and, and if you're saying yes, it's easy to go back and have revisionist history. Oh, yeah, I knew it was going to be that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, clearly. When we sit over there at the at the Marriott or wherever we were, Hyatt or wherever we interviewed him at Hover, we all knew he was going to be what he was, right? Like, there was nothing about that kid that you just that just screamed disruptive, unbelievable, you know? Yeah. And like, you thought he would be good. Right. You know, he, had, he had length. I mean, very mature. But, but I mean, but how is it going to transfer up? A level, yeah. right? I mean, nobody could sit there and look at that guy coming out of the portal, leaving Albany, and go, "That's a top ten NFL draft pick." That's who that guy is. I mean, no, nobody's nobody saw that being the possible, you know, being the possibility. It's a credit to Jared, you know. Sure. I mean, he, he made the adjustment. He went to work and, and made himself a better football player at Florida State, and is going to reap the benefits of it. But I just don't know how you, you know, how you put guys like that and, and how you evaluate those guys. I think it's really, really a challenge. But I think, I, I do think it has to be part of the conversation for the rankings. I and mean, maybe it's separate, you know, than, than high school rankings. But I mean, it's, I mean, I, we, we're, we deal with it every day. So, man, I think we kind of lose, you know, we're just used to it. But man, this, the portal is, is enormous. Hubbard, Hubbard, use your almanac brain. What, who, you know, prior to 2000, prior, prior to the portal, whatever, who's the most impactful transfer? that Tennessee has ever had in football. I mean, I tried, I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday and I couldn't really come up with, you know, just, you know, somebody that really just pops off the page. And, and, wow. and I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question because those guys have Juco in that conversation. No, no, no Juco. No, okay. no well, Juco. Because, yeah. I mean, the transfer guys, the problem with those is they were, they had to set for a year. Yeah. And for, so for the most part, so like everybody thought Brandon Warren, was going to be a big deal right ap yeah when he came back everybody thought he would but it just never just translated and you know he had so many off the field deals um all-american year where he made diving catches and all kinds of stuff at florida state i think impact malik jackson for me i mean you know he had a really that's a good one and and that was also but that was also you know a result of a you know the pseudo death penalty at, at USC. I mean, that, but he was, but he was an impactful player. He was, he was. And, and, and I Absolutely. think because of what you're saying, Hubbard, about, you know, having to sit out a year, I think, you, and I, I don't mean to talk bad about Brandon, but I, I think a lot of your transfers were guys like that who had some off the field stuff that needed to be, need, you know, like the, the school they were leaving didn't necessarily care to see them go, you know, you know and, and I just, it's just revolutionized things. I, I know we all know that, but I was just thinking that's, that's crazy to think about prior to, you know, five, 10 years ago. You're talking about a Malik Jackson being the most. He was a good player, but 
you know, that's a, a drop in the pan compared to what you're talking about now every single year. Well, it's made December the new January. The early signing date has not made December the new February because nope. it's such an it's such an afterthought. Those guys have been committed to so long, and there's no drama. The 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 transfer portal is the story for the first couple of weeks, first three weeks here in, in December, and, and is going to be that way um, as long as this system is in place the way it's in place right now. You got a couple more here. A couple more here from Athron uh, AP. Thoughts on the portal visitors for this weekend and at the time of this recording, and you put out several notes as the week's gone on. It's a mile a minute. Things change, but thoughts on Jordan Seaton, his decision coming up later today. Come on, AP. We're all waiting. What do you got? Wait, fails. Um, <laughs> as far as the transfers, um, you know, Holden stays. I, I think I'm interested to kind of see kind of where he wants to go with the process. Getting his Atlanta kid. Um, got two years of eligibility left. Would, and that's the kid from Notre Dame. Notre Dame for, that's for right. People who haven't figured it out. Yeah. Um, would, uh, yeah. And, and, and that's a good point, Howard. You have to really kind of say these things because not, I mean, there's so many moving parts and so right. many names, right. um, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, like the kid from Notre Dame holding stays is, uh, you know, probably to me the one that I would, you know, be the most intrigued by if I'm Tennessee, he has got two years left. I know the Tennessee fans love the jolly kid because they saw him play and they saw him get 80 yards for the balls in Neyland stadium in the month of November. Um, stays at four touchdowns at Notre Dame this year, um, which is a good solid number. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to kind of see where he is, see what Jolly thinks coming out of the weekend. Um, you know, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Like juice Wells, I'm going to go ahead and just pour the bucket of water on the fire there. Like I'm going to slow the roll on that one. Like, you know, he'll be here this weekend, but that one's going to be, you know, a, a, a hard NIL battle in my opinion. Money, 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 money. <laughs> These transfers, man, they, they ask for the moon. And, uh, you know, and we'll see kind of what happens there, um, you know, uh, with, with Juice Wells. But I would pour water on the fire, you know, right now on, on that one. And uh, as for Jordan Seaton, you know, it, it's a thrill a minute. As I said with uh, Josh uh, Newberg, I said the Ohio State guys think it's Tennessee and Ohio State. The Oregon guys think it's Oregon and Ohio State. And me, I think it's Tennessee and Oregon. So everybody's got a different two, right? You know, and, um, you know, uh, we'll see. I, I, a lot of things out here continue to feel, you know, feel really good about Tennessee. But at the same time, the going to L.A. for the announcement, there's just there, there's some things about this that are just kind of like, Man, but it kind of gives you pause. Uh, but it's given everybody pause. It's not just Tennessee or or you know uh, me. It's 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 a lot of people. All right, we'll go to Jay Bennett's uh, Brent Hubs. Any traction with any quarterbacks that would at least be interested in looking at Tennessee through the portal? Could Tyler Van Dyke be an option? Seems like somebody okay with not starting. I don't think Van Dyke would be an option, but quarterbacks overall. He's not okay with not starting. I know, I know. I mean, I, I don't, that was my thoughts. But Brent Lane, Lane Kiffin signed three last year. Yeah, and and but and and I bet you the guy that transferred in from Oklahoma State when I made a mistake. Oh yeah, because 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 I didn't have a chance to beat out Jackson Dart. I mean, th these guys want to play, and, and so I, I don't think, I just don't think that Tennessee's an attractive quarterback destination because. Everybody knows that this is Nico's team. That the minute Joe stops playing, whether Which that's be sooner or later, yeah, whenever that is, this is it's the it's the Nico era at Tennessee, and and every quarterback out there knows that. 
And look, here's the other thing, too. Look at the number of quarterbacks that have gone in the portal this year. That, I, I've not done the research, but I bet that position has grown in portal entries year over year more than any other position, right? I mean, you look at the number of guys going in. What are they all going in for? Two reasons. One, playing time. Two, money. It's what Dave Clawson said, right? Notre Dame's going to go rent my quarterback for a year because they can pay him a lot more than Wake Forest has a chance to pay him. And look at, I mean, the kid from Coastal Carolina, what's he looking for? More playing time? No, he's looking for money, right? And then there's other guys who are looking for playing time, like Brock Vandergriff. Tennessee doesn't really offer either one of those to a quarterback, which is why I don't think a quarterback in the portal has makes any sense for Tennessee, and I don't see them signing anybody in the portal at that position. Get him, Hubbard. Get him. <laughs> Just don't see it. I mean, it doesn't make sense for a quarterback to come here. Is what I'm saying. It doesn't. You're right. Like when 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 a kid sits down, and thinks about it, and says, "If Nico stays healthy, I'm probably not going on the field." Um, you know, I, you just have to kind of say that out loud. And like now, now do you really think one of these kids are going to come here? In a perfect world, you need somebody like Clemson has, but you do already have that. You, you already that have Gaston that. Moore. You already have that Gaston Moore. Yeah. I mean, heck, half the people were ready to start him after the spring game last year. <laughs> Same group that wants Al Wilson to be the linebackers coach and Peyton Manning the head coach. Or quarterbacks coach, AP. Got to put Whitten on that staff. Too. I know. People are going to say I'm being mean and I'm being. You are. Being, yeah, You're being yeah, grinchy. Yeah. You know, turn around and look at that Christmas tree and get in a festive holiday spirit, AP. Well, you know, man, I just. Well, it's been up since Halloween, you know. You knew it was bad when he when he stapled the antlers on Max this morning. (laughs) They'd have family pictures this week, right, AP? You're right. Family (laughs) pictures. And which I will give my kids going into Whoville. I will. I will give my kids credit. Normally, I'm having to threaten them with an inch of their lives to smile and everything else. They be jolly. And you may tell you who really killed and crushed the, the family Christmas pictures was Max, who did, when when uh, for those that don't know, I have you know Santa Claus comes to my house. Uh, we've done this every year that we've been in the current house we're in, um, and uh, Santa comes. He's and got like, connections everywhere, guys. Literally everywhere, up to the North Pole. And I thought Max would lose his mind because we never really haven't we never kind of ingrained Max into the to the Santa pics until this year. And dude, he was mesmerized by the big guy in red. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like just, I mean, like, I mean, just all about it. It was, it, which is bizarre because my dog literally barks as you all hear on this podcast most of the time. Anytime somebody, you know, comes walking by my front door because it's, it's got a window pane on it or, or the, this time of year, my wife has an Amazon delivery. It's like, rah, 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 rah. and so like, he was, he was fantastic. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Ms. Denarius Moore. What's the heart of the penalty issue, Rob? Uh, is it the pace of play, issues with leadership, culture from the coaches? Um, Tennessee is a penalized team. Josh Hopple teams are always heavily penalized, and that's something that's got to got to work to try to tr- try to negate next year moving forward. I mean, I don't have the answer to that because we I mean, we don't see practice. I don't know what they emphasize, but I mean, I, I just the numbers because of the numbers. I mean, it's not a fluke. I mean. You know, we can we can agree with that. I just think it's got to be you know something in the attention to detail, how much emphasis you put it put on it in practice. And I'm again, I'm not saying that they they can't coach it or they won't coach it, but just when you it, it's again, it's not fluky. It's it's got to be to me just how how much it's emphasized on, on in practice. And I, I don't want to say Tennessee's sloppy, but you can't 
you can't lead the nation in, in, in scoring and total offense if, you, if you're sloppy, you know, if you don't touch details. But, man, man I mean, to, when you see those kind of numbers that consistently, it's just got to, to me, it just suggests you're not paying enough t- attention to practice. But, Hubs, when you're not leading the country in points and scoring and all that, it's very noticeable. Nobody oh, cared in 2022, yeah. but in 2021, Florida game, Pittsburgh game, Ole Miss game, and then, of course, this year, I mean, it was pretty evident. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, and, and look, they're always going to push the boundary on that offensive pass interference call. Tempo is always going to create a potential problem for a false start, you know, and some things like that. Um, but there's some other things that they just have to clean up and, and got to be better, you know, be better at. I mean, they had four or five rus- roughing the passer penalties this year that were just completely avoidable. Like, Omar Norman Lott had like, you know, six like, of them. Yeah. Like stop. You know what I mean? Like, you got. Don't take the extra three steps, right? Like sidestep them. You've got plenty of, you know, you got plenty of room to do that. So there's some things I think from a discipline standpoint they can clean up. They're always going to push that boundary on that offensive pass interference penalty. They're always going to have more than those than anybody wants because they're right on that line. And one official might view it one way one week and not view it that way the next week. And um, so they're always going to have some penalties. They just got to, they can't have as many. Uh, as they had this year, particularly those personal foul penalties that that you know they got themselves into illegal hands to the face and stuff like that. We've got plenty more questions we'll get into as we continue on here with the uh, Volquest Mailbag Podcast. But first, let's get a word from our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. It's one of those phone calls that you hate to get from your kids. Hey, Dad, a tree fell on my house. Well, we got that call a couple of weeks back from our daughter at her house here. And the first call that I made was to Exterior Home Solutions. The peace of mind that they gave me and us as a family when they came out here and came up with a plan, got us connected with the right people, is absolutely priceless. Use the same people that I use. In that time of need, Exterior Home Solutions. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A big thanks to our friends, Exterior Home Solutions, for being a part of the show each and every Tuesday and Thursday here on the VolQuest Podcast. Um, some questions on the board the last couple of days regarding Keenan Peely in terms of could he play? How would that, would, how would that affect uh, potential return if he wanted to come back? Uh, Kay Hensley, 1062, wants to know if he plays in this bowl game from a health perspective. That means, Austin, he couldn't do a medical redshirt, correct? Right. He can't. If he plays in this bowl game, he's not playing in the bowl. Let's go ahead yeah. and yeah. He, can't, he can't play in the bowl game and come back next year. Let's go to Burning Mattress 2010. I like that handle. Uh, <laughs> any context to you as to why the younger guys like Jack Luttrell, Addison Nichols, entered the portal, felt like Addison was mentioned several times as a guy – uh, who was close to contributing? Could he not just take that little bit better to get him a role, uh, Brent? Well, I, I think it's everybody's making their own personal choice. I mean, Jack Luttrell felt like um, his opportunities weren't going to be here. I think he was frustrated with some different things uh, throughout the throughout the process of it all this year, and just I, I think both parties are fine with with that with that move. Um, as for Addison Nichols. You know, I think it was opportunity, playing time, fit, comfort, relationship. Um, I don't think that one was was about money. 
Um, I, I don't think that was the situation. I just think that he felt like he needed a fresh start to, to, to give himself a better opportunity to be applied. I mean, obviously he had a chance a couple of different times, spring and fall camp to, to put himself in the lineup. And I'm sure he felt like he performed better than, than others thought he performed and the coaches thought he performed and felt like he deserved some more opportunities and didn't get them. And I think he just felt like he needed a new, a new start somewhere. All right, let's go to Dub P seventeen. Choose a door. Who are you? Who are the starting safeties next year? And he says you can choose multiple doors. Uh, door <laughs> one would be a current roster guys, so two guys who are currently on the roster. And he wants to know who. Door two would be transfer. Um, I don't know if that's one transfer or not, but door two transfer. And door three is freshman, maybe Boo Carter. Well, there, there's two safety spots, so. Um, Rob, what do you think? Which door are you taking in terms of who the, the starting safeties are going to be next year? I mean, I think that's a great question. I mean, I don't I mean. I think it's a combination of doors, yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with that. But, I mean, this, we've seen so little of the young guys. I mean, how could you say a freshman? I mean, when you literally have not gotten a, a shot to have, you know, have any kind of gauge of what, what those kids are like. I mean, I, just, I'll, I mean, I don't mean to cop out, but I just we, – we've got so little to look at, you know, with the guys on the roster that it's – you know, it's kind of impossible to say that. So I'll, I'll, I, I, I mean, Eric, it's kind of a cop out, but I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll go with you. I think combination. I mean, I'd be surprised if, you know, everybody that's that's going to start there is on this roster. But maybe they are. I mean, maybe you know, Jalen McCullough was just that good and kept them off the field for four quarters every game. CAP, I, I think you'd want to say a combination of doors, but I'd probably take uh, door number one. Current guys on the roster, wouldn't you? Yes. No, I would take current guys on the roster at safety. Because I mean, who do you think, App? Well, you've got I mean, options, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, providing potentially providing go, some go McDonald's back, I would say that he probably is one of your starting safeties next year. Um, then you know, I think it depends on what happens with Wesley Walker. I mean, I think there's a, a even if it's a slight chance, I think there's a chance he comes back. Um, I would lean to it not happening. I would lean to it being a younger guy. But either way, that person's on this roster. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with the safety spots as of right now. I think Boo Carter, which was mentioned, is going to be a star, um, you know, and play the nickel. So, um, you can take that however you want to. He's going to play star. Maybe I mean, he's going to be a star, you know. I mean, like, I, I, you know, either way, like, I don't put I don't put him at the safety spot. All right, let's go to Sam Smith 2233. Rob, what is the scout on the fighting Illini? Man, I would would thought they were kind of pedestrian until they, they scored ninety eight last night in the Garden against Florida yeah. Atlantic. Uh, you know, t- tough, you know, veteran. I, I haven't you know looked at them hard. I, mean, I paid attention to to last night's game just you know since they're the next team up. Um, the ninety eight points surprised me. I, th- I think that's probably somewhat of a byproduct of how Florida Atlantic playing. I don't think you'll see this game played in the nineties on Saturday. But you know, with Brad Underwood, they're, they're tough. They're, they're physical. Um, and they've got some old dudes, you know, like like Tennessee does, that um, that they can rely on. I don't think you know they'll have a problem, you know, with, with the road environment. And you know, Terrence Shannon is, is the guy that, that that you're gonna pay attention to. I mean, really went off at 33 points in their win. He's a you know, big, strong veteran wing. Um, that him and Dalton Connect will probably be the uh, the matchup of the day. I don't I don't know if they'll end up guarding each other, but those are the two that uh two guys that you'll really pay attention to in this game, Terrence Shannon and, and, and Dalton. 
Also wants to know uh, about the Iowa defense. Is it good only because it plays in the Big Ten West? Um, that's not the only reason. They they spread the wealth. Jay Higgins is is one of the best linebackers in the country. Um, and, and their front seven, I mean, they spread the wealth in terms of getting after the quarterback. You know, Joe Evans has five and a half sacks. Um, uh, Yaya Black has three and a half sacks. Logan Lee has three sacks. I mean, you kind of go up and down the list. Plus, their star player is one of the better ones that Tennessee's going to see all year. So, Sure, they play in a weaker division in the Big Ten, but they're 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 pretty solid. I mean, they're a top five defense in the country anyway. You want to look at it. Let's go to DeKalb County Vol. With the success that Tennessee's had with staff at the the receiver position, is it poor planning on the coaching staff on the number of bodies, or is it lack of depth in the portal or high school ranks? Uh, Brent, if you want to try this one. Well, I think it's it's hard to keep those guys on the roster. It's hard to keep a deep roster of, of receivers with the way that the offense plays and, and the rotation that you have at the receiver spot. I mean, those guys are looking for opportunities. That's why Jimmy Holiday left. It's why Callaway left. It's why Walker Merrill left. Um, you know, this year, because of injury, they were forced to play more bodies. But how many guys would they have played this year if there hadn't been an injury to Brew McCoy and, and to Dante Thornton? Um, I, I think it's going to be hard for the. I mean, they want more bodies, but I think it's going to be hard to keep a lot of bodies at that position. I think it's going to be hard to keep 24 defensive backs on your roster. I mean, even though they play special teams, at some point those guys are going to want to play. And if they're like, hey, I'm not the top seven or eight, then I need to look moving elsewhere. And I just think that's the world we live in right now. So I think you're always going to struggle with depth at the receiver position. Um, because those guys just don't want to set, much like quarterbacks don't want to set. They, they're looking for an opportunity. And, hey, they can look out there and go, hey, this quarterback's on the move somewhere, okay? Maybe he needs some help throw to, to somebody to throw to. Maybe that's a good place for me to go. And they can follow a quarterback a little bit, you know, from time to time as well. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be hard to have depth there is my point. Let's go to Coach underscore 93. It's a good question. Uh, with 2024 season upon us, what are you most excited about? Is it Texas, Oklahoma joining the SEC, the playoffs going to 12 teams? Also going forward, is it more important to win an SEC championship or routinely to make the playoffs? Uh, again, a good question, a couple different angles, um, Austin. I think for his last part, um, the emphasis on the SEC championship is not as not as big as it has been. But, I mean, it's still good to win it because you're probably playing for home field advantage. But but the, the the crown here is getting that playoff, so you can do that without winning a championship or playing in a championship. Um, well, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think what you want here is you just want to win games because if you win enough games, you're going to put yourself in position for all that. Um, you know, if you make it to Atlanta, to me, you're going to be playing in the playoff. I think the the team that that wins either division will make will have enough good enough year. I don't see anybody making it to Atlanta at eight and four right or nine and three even so like you make it to atlanta you're 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 you're, you're likely going to be in the playoff so i mean i'm most excited about the playoff and, and in particular hover and rob the first round of the playoffs i think it would be fantastic if tennessee's going to michigan or michigan's coming to tennessee or ohio state's going to auburn or auburn's going to washington like sign me up for these on-campus first round matchups of the playoffs. I, I think that's that's probably what I'm most excited about. I think it'll be awesome. It'll be like uh, the NFL playoffs in so many ways. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally excited about that, Rob. But because, look, we've got some of those matchups and preseason games, but what do you say? That's one game, you know, that, yep. you know, it's, it's, 
that the value of playing that is it's good for TV ratings, but it doesn't cost you. It's not the most costly thing in the world. Or it doesn't benefit you, as Florida State fans found I was, out. Yeah, I was getting ready to say the exact same uh, thing. You know, but but the fact that you're going to play that in December and the losers playing the next week or the winners playing the next week and the losers going home, the intensity of those games, I, I think that's just going to be – I think that's going to be fantastic for the month of December for, for college football. Here's a question for you. I, I want to pose this question. Had Tennessee – I think I think they had made it last year, regardless. But let's say let's say that uh, let's say Joe Milton was the backup to Jordan Travis, and not kind of where Florida State was at the position. If Joe Milton had been on the roster at Florida State with the potential, right? Because I mean, I, I think of that, that, that last year a lot of it was just potential. Um, do you think Florida State goes in ahead of Alabama if they've got a better backup quarterback, a more um, I guess a, 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 an option that has potential to it, you know, whereas I think most people just saw Florida state is stagnant. Yeah. It, what, what did Joe do in those two games? Right. I mean, if we're following the same script, we saw how gross Florida state was at that position for two games. Um, what did Joe do in those two games? If he lit it up, then heck yeah. Right. If he was as bad as those guys, then maybe not. But you already have your answer to this question. Cause they, they, they put Ohio state in with Cordell Jones. Yeah. Because Cordell Jones put up 50 points against a really yeah. bad, a really bad, what is that, the Western Division opponent in the Big Ten Championship game that turned into a scrimmage because Wisconsin yeah. had no business being there. If if the kid, it, it, I mean, the third team wasn't going to be, third team guy wasn't going to be able to do it. But if Florida State had done anything pulse-wise offensively the last two weeks, I mean, they were down 12 nothing against Florida, Rob, and their defense got them back in the game. And then, you know, they, they couldn't do anything against Louisville. And I think it was the eyeball test there. So whether it was Joe Milton or whoever it was, if somebody had put up points offensively and they had been able to do something, then I think it's a different conversation. I think it was an easy out for the committee because Florida State's offense was so bad, particularly in that Louisville game. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with any of that. I mean, I, I think the on-campus stuff, is going to be phenomenal. I mean, just off the charts. I, yeah. but and I, and I think Eric makes a great point. I, I think it is going to de-emphasize the, the conference championship. I mean, like real quick, what what year did did Rick Barnes and Admiral Schofield and you know Tennessee beat Georgia? You know, for the in the regular last game of the regular season to win the SEC basketball championship. I I can't remember if it was 2018 or 19 myself. Right. You know, <laughs> but you'll remember exactly what they did in the NCAA tournament. You know what year where where they were playing you know what the seed was even. well and 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 that's that's the only thing about the conference championship that sunday that sunday deal is what what can you do seeding wise what yeah. does that game mean for you does it get you a bye does it get you a first round game what what does it get you uh in the playoff and that's that's why the emphasis is still going to be there to win that game instead of that being the last week of the NFL regular season where you set a bunch of guys to get ready for the playoffs yeah, I think right. there'll be stuff to I think there'll be stuff to play for in that game for sure. Well, but as far as well, you're not um, going to want to there's get no them. divisions. So so you got to look at it this way: in a 12 team playoff, you best believe there's going to be more than two teams from the SEC in there, right? So sure. if you're that third or fourth team on the on the pegging order, you're still probably in. And you know, whereas if you get in there and, and you lose, maybe you're not. Well, and my God, I mean, who, would you try to go to Ann Arbor or host in Knoxville? You know, exactly. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna try to win that game. I mean, that's right. that's the value. And, but but it's going to be more about it's not, it's going to be less about the trophy and more about 
the the product of the winning the next week because it gives you a better chance to win, um, you know, to to win a national championship. It, that that's going to be the more emphasis about it is what does it mean seating wise if you win more so than it is the confetti coming at the end of the game and, and lifting up a trophy. All right, got to go a couple more here. Let's let's run through these. Nike underscore Vol says, does Nico redshirting this year, thus being a redshirt freshman in 2024, impact Jake Merklinger or GMAX temperature on Tennessee and uh, the thought expectation on playing time in the future? No, because I think most people expect Nico to play. If, if Nico is who you hope he is, right, Nico is going to play the next two years and be off to the NFL after. Yeah, if, if Nico's here as a redshirt freshman and somebody, then you probably had better over recruited. Or, you mean that, maybe that's that your senior? Yeah, yeah, six years. If he's here, if, he, if he's here in four years, and then you something's gone wrong. Okay, uh, Sloppy Ball says with um, redshirt freshman and freshman Sham Bennett Warren, Gage Ginther, Jesse Perry, and hopefully Jordan Seaton. Do you see Jeremiah's herd on the defensive line first? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, you know, I could see that him starting on the defensive line. Um, and then, you know, we'll see from there. Um, you know, Tennessee's got a lot of, you know, probably a lot of these defensive linemen coming back. And so it, it feels like that that room will be uh, loaded, crowded, and talented. Yeah, and I don't know how much I don't know how much how much herd's gonna play as a freshman, period. So I mean I think that's one of those deals where wherever he's at. Um, he's going to be behind some veterans and learning, but I think he's going to start out on defense. All right, AP. You got an over-under. The number is four that Tennessee gets from this group of freshmen and or transfers. You ready? Yes. All right, Jordan Seaton, Justin Jolie, Walter Nolan, Holden Stays, Juice Wells, Jaron Sensiball, Jay Kelly, Nate Anderson. It says Grimes. Is Tony Grimes in the portal again? I don't know. No, I think Bill, that, I think Bill, that, Bill Grimes is coming back out, baby. No, I think I think that's I think that's Reggie Grimes. Isn't that Reggie Grimes Jr. who went in the portal? Who's a, who's a guy? Yeah, okay. I think he's talking okay. about him. And, and then Cook. I don't know who Cook is. It's not Brady Cook. And then Michael Smith. <laughs> so you got that group of guys. Um, too many numbers at four over under. Too many. Too many for me to even remember <laughs> back to contemplate. Sorry, I, I you know. I, you know, give me eight names. Don't give me fifty names and expect me to get four. I mean, is I, Tennessee is, is Tennessee? Uh, you know, looking at Nate Anderson at all? That that that's one that I've been asked a ton this week. You know, of course, brother of Max Anderson. Yeah, I, I, as of right now, I don't see that. But you know, okay. anything could change. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is this thing changes by daily. I mean, I mean, your number, you're you're, you're playing position, then you're playing numbers at the position that you need. Those numbers depend on who's coming back, who's not coming back. You know, um, well, they'll offer a kid, however, and then and then just to get in right. the game and yeah, then just go to see where it's at. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you're talking about you're talking about Wells earlier. I mean, you you, you talk to Wells and, and you bring him in, and okay, if he's interested, then you have that conversation. But if it's all only about you know finances and he's wanting an astronomical amount of money, then you're probably not going that direction, right? I mean, Correct. but you have to offer to figure out where you're going. And, and to see what's available and what's not available. So that's that's just the way this game works, and, it, and it's changing not by the day, but changing by the hour in a lot of cases. Yep. Run CMG 22 says, do you all think it's a good or bad to play freshman on the offensive line at left tackle or right tackle? Brent, if he's good enough to play, you play him, but 
typically that's that's you like veterans on the offensive line but i mean if you got a darnell Wright that comes in polished and ready to go i mean you play them <laughs> well i mean listen that tennessee's played some freshmen at the, those positions that have done well through the years i mean that you know you had a year where uh, Jawan james plays out there and played really well at tackle um so yeah i mean it, it's a case-by-case basis is that the ideal world if you sit down with a coach rob and said hey you want to play a freshman tackle no it's the same way you want to do you want to look at an NFL head coach and go, hey, do you want to play a freshman or a rookie left tackle in the National Football League? That's not your idea situation. But the world we're living in now, your best talented players play. And the idea that somebody waits till their third year to play on the offensive line, in some cases holds true, but in a lot of cases still doesn't hold true. No, but I mean, usually in this league, I mean, you're going to be in trouble unless it's somebody – I mean, two guys we that – whose names have been mentioned were both first-round NFL draft picks, you know, Jawan James and, and Tarnell Wright that, that have done it here at Tennessee. So, I mean, that's – it's not the norm. And, and But, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's going to become more norm, but it, it has – I mean, guys that have done it and, and done it well in this league have been special. Well, and then there's been some times where a guy was ready and coach was reluctant to play him. Aaron Sears should have played Aaron Sears. Than, than he did, right? I mean, so a lot of times it's about by forced – you know, I mean, Darnell Wright played because they gave him a starting job when he got his uniform. Same thing with Jawan James because they didn't have any other options. But Aaron Sears, they had some more veteran guys. But everybody who watched practice went, that guy's the best one. You know, why, why, you know and it was November before he got the starting lineup. So coaches by nature are going to play veteran guys. That's just kind of their tendencies, particularly at that spot. All right, last one from Wake Vol. It's a good one. Why would the powers that be allow sitting ADs or anyone with vested interest in the outcome of the four-team playoffs sit on that committee and make those decisions? Who are you going to put on it? I was going to say, I mean, who, like, what other group? Are going to go to Congress and get 12 representatives to be in the deal? I mean, everybody, as as Nick Saban says, and, and this is where I agree with Nick Saban for a change, everybody comes from somewhere. And so you can go get people that aren't, connected to college football, but guess what? They went somewhere to school. They are a fan of some team. And so you, anytime you had to enter, enter the human element, you're going to have uh, this type of thought process. Yeah. I mean, it's been that way on the basketball committee, right, Rob, for the tournament for years. Oh, this, this conference gets a bias because their conference commissioners on the committee or this former coach or this AD or whoever is the chairman or is a part of that committee process. I mean, AP's right. Human element changes everything. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, a lot going on in the world of college athletics right now. Basketball season still continuing on, but, uh, man, it's silly season for Tennessee football and college football. Transfer portals open. All the latest news on who Tennessee's interested in, players leaving Tennessee's roster, entering the transfer portal, and, of course, Tennessee getting ready for the Citrus Bowl in Iowa. You can all find that at VolQuest.com. Big thank you for uh, tuning in and sending in questions for the Mailbag Podcast. A big thanks to Exterior Home Solutions, uh, local and trusted since 1999. Give Exterior Home Solutions a call today at 865-524-5888 or visit them online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. For Awesome Price, Rob Lewis, Brent Hubs, I'm Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys, as always, for tuning in to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.